WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Berrien County is in line for expanded broadband internet under a plan released by the state this week. Midwest Energy and Communications this spring applied for a $27.6 million grant from Michigan's Realizing Opportunity with Broadband Infrastructure Networks, or ROBIN, program. Midwest's Amy Pales tells us the state has recommended its application be approved. This means the company can build on efforts to roll out broadband in Berrien County that started in 2020. We started expanding in Berrien County around Bainbridge, Eau Claire. We did a special build with Orinoco Township. So we're actually pretty active in Berrien County now, and this project is just expanding beyond that. Pale says assuming final approval is granted, Midwest Communications will roll out fiber high-speed internet in townships across the county, making broadband available to 5,000 homes where it's currently unavailable. They'll also add new broadband options in communities they pass through, expanding their reach by 10,000. Once we get all of the final information from the funding, then we can map out that plan. So we expect in the fall we should have a sense of who's going to be built when. Midwest submitted a $56.4 million plan for the Robin program for Barry and Cass, St. Joseph, and Van Buren counties. It includes $15.5 million from the company, $27.6 million from the state, $4.5 million from Berrien County, and $2.7 million from the affected townships. We'll know in August if the grant gets final approval, and if it is, work to build out broadband starts in the fall. The Van Buren County Road Commission is canceling plans for two multi-million dollar construction projects due to rising price tags. WSJM's Ken Lundberg has more. After two years of planning, the Van Buren Roads Commission is pulling the plug on plans to remodel and expand their administration center and build a new garage in Bangor. Roads Commissioner Brett Witkowski says in just under three years, the projected cost nearly doubled due to inflation and competing with other governments that had access to COVID relief funds. The initial bit, uh, idea of cost was under $10 million for both facilities, and time it got to the end, it was over $16 million, and it does not count any change orders or things of that nature. Van Buren had permission to spend up to $20 million on the project, but officials felt that would have obligated too much money to their facilities at the expense of fixing and maintaining roads. Our job is to maintain the roads and maximize as much as we can. Instead, the county will update the garage in Bangor and perform modest updates at the admin center using money formerly used to repay a bond that has now been satisfied. Ted Lundberg, WSJM News. Southwest Michigan has been experiencing an unusually dry spring, and farmers are growing concerned about how their harvests will fare. MSU Extension Viticulture Specialist Mike Ranke tells us since early April, West Michigan has only seen about two inches of rain when it would normally have about 10. He says crops that are not irrigated or threatened the most. The ones that are probably going to be the most sensitive to the drought are going to be our commodity crops, our field crops, you know, corn, soybean, wheat, all of those broad acre crops. As for fruit, Rinky says apples, cherries, blueberries, and peaches are still looking good, but they're going to need some rain fairly soon. We might see a reduced total yield if the drought continues, but we have enough time that if we start getting some rain, we are going to have really good crops coming into harvest time. So we have time. Rinky says some fruits like cherries and blueberries may be smaller this year if they don't get some rain soon. He notes with the peach crop in the southern United States dramatically down this year, Michigan peach growers are going to be very pleased with the market conditions, assuming there is some rain in the next month or so. Michigan State Police are investigating a fatal crash involving a Bangor police officer on Monday. 
Troopers say the officer was chasing a motorcycle on M43 near 30th Avenue in Arlington Township about 11.30 p.m. when the motorcycle struck a pickup. The driver of the motorcycle, a 24-year-old pawpaw man, was killed. The driver of the pickup, a Kalamazoo woman, suffered minor injuries, and the police officer suffered minor injuries. State police have not said why the motorcyclist was being chased. Traffic on M43 was backed up for several hours as a result of the crash. Barry and Risa has teamed up with Michigan State Police to help troopers better respond to situations involving individuals with developmental disabilities. Risa Special Education Director Tina Lawson tells us the agency operates several buildings with students who have different issues, which led to the idea. Risa and the state police talked about giving troopers special toolkits to better interact with those with developmental disabilities. We created a sensory communication kit, something that had different fidgets that could help the students while they're trying to help reconnect them or deal with whatever situation that they're facing at that time. Inside the kits are items like noise-canceling headphones, cush balls, pop fidgets, fidget slugs, and emoji stickers. MSP at Niles Post Commander Jeremy Carlisle says state police welcome the resource. To add these items, these tools to our toolbox and have them available for us when we get put in situations where somebody may have some limited communication abilities or a developmental disability where we can use these tools to assist us in interacting with them, I think that's a phenomenal thing. Each patrol car out of the Michigan State Police Niles Post now has one of the kits so troopers can better communicate with the disabled in all scenarios. Lawson says it's possible the program can be rolled out to additional posts. And police have identified a woman who was shot and killed in Baroda on Sunday as 57-year-old Mary Mabry. Michigan State Police say she was sitting on her back patio at a home in the 2100 block of Russell Road Sunday afternoon when she was approached by 60-year-old David Mabry, who pulled out a handgun and shot her. Mabry was later picked up by police and charged with open murder. He was arraigned yesterday and unable to post bond. Meanwhile, a GoFundMe to help pay for Mary Mabry's cremation has been started by loved ones. We have a link to it at our website. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Hunter Biden will plead guilty to tax evasion charges in connection with his business dealings, ending a years-long criminal investigation. More on the White House's reaction from ABC's Karen Travers. White House spokesman Ian Sam says in a new statement, quote, The president and first lady love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. Sam adds, speaking for the White House, quote, We will have no further comment. The president's son Hunter has agreed to plead guilty to a pair of tax-related misdemeanors as part of a deal negotiated with the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware. Under the agreement, Hunter Biden will acknowledge his failure to pay taxes on income he received in 2017 and 2018. In exchange, prosecutors will recommend probation for Hunter Biden, meaning he will likely avoid prison time. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Meanwhile, top Republicans have a lot to say about Hunter Biden's plea deal with federal prosecutors. ABC's Lindsey Watts has a reaction from Capitol Hill. Republicans are slamming Hunter Biden's plea agreement, which will likely allow him to avoid prison time. Former President Trump compared it to a traffic ticket. And here's Senator Lindsey Graham. The questions a lot of people have on our side, is this a sweetheart deal? Wanted to take five years to to come up with these charges. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says the plea deal shows there's a two-tiered justice system and says Congress will continue investigating Hunter Biden. McCarthy dodging questions about the U.S. attorney on the case, who is a Trump appointee. Lindsey Watts, ABC News, Washington. 
In a race against the clock on the high seas, an expanding international armada of ships and airplanes is searching for a submersible that vanished in the North Atlantic while taking five people down to the wreck of the Titanic. U.S. Coast Guard officials said the search covered 10,000 square miles, but turned up no signs of a lost sub known as the Titan. Authorities plan to continue looking. Time is running out because the vessel had less than two days of oxygen left. ABC's Alex Stone has more on the latest in the search effort. If the five on board are alive and stuck underwater, it's not yet clear how a rescue would happen. It would be an unprecedented effort to get to them 13,000 feet down. The Coast Guard believes the five could have enough air to last until Thursday morning. Captain Jamie Frederick says they're moving equipment into place in case a rescue needs to unfold. Some of the equipment that's coming is coming from the East Coast, but again, we're talking about very heavy equipment. Um, It's a complicated transport operation. And some will take a while to get there. So far, there have been no signs of the sub. Alex Stone, EBC News. Romanian prosecutors say social media personality Andrew Tate has been charged with rape, human trafficking, and forming a criminal gang to exploit women. Romania's anti-organized crime agency said today that prosecutors also charged Tate's brother and two Romanian women. All four were initially detained in December. Tate is a former professional kickboxer with millions of Twitter followers. On social media, he's known for projecting a luxury lifestyle and expressing misogynistic views. The Romanian agency says the defendants are accused of forming a criminal group in 2021, quote, to commit the crime of human trafficking in Romania, the U.S., and Britain. And Tatum's spokesperson says the brothers are prepared to, quote, demonstrate their innocence and vindicate their reputation. It's another week and then another pledge by the Secretary of State to pour additional money into Ukraine. More from ABC's Tom Rivers in London. Fresh from his talks in Beijing, Antony Blinken's met with his British counterpart in London. His message, a now familiar one from the administration. President Biden said from the outset of Russia's aggression against Ukraine that we would stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes and both of our countries are deeply committed to that. A new U.S. aid package for Kyiv, he says, to be unveiled here on Wednesday at a Ukraine recovery conference. Tom Rivers, ABC News, London. The Supreme Court has rejected an appeal on behalf of some U.S. veterans who want disability benefits because they were exposed to radiation while responding to a Cold War-era hydrogen bomb accident in Spain. The justices did not comment today in turning away an appeal from Victor Scar, an Air Force veteran in his mid-80s, Scar of Missouri filed a class action claims seeking benefits for him and others who say they became ill from exposure to radiation during the recovery and cleanup of the undetonated bombs at the accident site in a village in southern Spain in 1966. A federal appeals court rejected the class action claims. The Supreme Court's action leaves that ruling in place. Attorney John Eastman, a lead architect of some of former President Donald Trump's efforts to remain in power after the 2020 election, is facing possible disbarment. Disciplinary proceedings began today in Los Angeles. Eastman faces 11 disciplinary charges stemming from his development of a dubious legal strategy that was aimed at helping Trump overturn the election by disrupting the counting of state electoral votes. The state bar court of California will hear testimony in proceedings that could result in him losing his license to practice law in the state. Others expected to testify include Greg Jacob, a former attorney for Mike Pence, who pushed back against Eastman's plan to have Pence stop the certification of Joe Biden's victory. And a doctor in Northern California says an alleged serial stabber is not competent to stand trial. More from Alex Stone. 21-year-old Carlos Dominguez is accused of stabbing victims around the small college town of Davis in May. He was a student at the University of California, Davis, until shortly before he was arrested. 
On Tuesday, a doctor telling a court Dominguez is not competent to stand trial. Prosecutors are fighting that, so now there will be a competency trial and a jury will determine if he's mentally fit to stand trial. Dominguez spoke in court saying he is sorry and that he's guilty. That statement, though, will not be used against him in court because of his not competent status. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.